Welcome to the Nearly Lit Red Podcast. I hope everybody's having a wonderful and just a glorious day out there. How how you guys doing? Pretty good. Yeah, you had a good day. You had a big weekend. Well, I, uh, yeah, I had a big weekend, and then I have this whole week off, so I'm... You're feeling good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And Matt? It was all right. <laughs> all right if you can tell by my voice, you know. Matt, Matt's had I got experience. run over by a truck. That was cool. <laughs> you know? You were done. I just got robbed by a homeless man in Florida. That oh, was my, cool. did, oh, my God. No, I didn't. Yeah, you, you, were, you had a kind I saw of... saw a lot of planes. In and Florida. I saw a lot of ships. Yeah, you came back from Florida. Yeah. Well, we have a very special guest today, and this is going to be a very different kind of an interview for us. You're used to talking to authors. cozy mystery Jackie, authors. That's right. well, yeah, it's a is, gentle author. audience. No, it's a author. gentle yeah. audience. A different type of author. We have with us, and we're so honored to have this, we have Charles Fisher joining wow. us from Seattle, somewhere around the Seattle area via Skype, so hopefully, or Zoom, whatever, I don't know what we it's use. It's actually Google Meet. I know, yeah. I don't know what we use. Get it right. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Charles. We're so excited to hear about your book and your journey and all of that. Yeah, I'm excited to be on the Nearly Lit- Literate Podcast. I love your name, by the way. Well, formerly oh, Mother sweet. Boy, but some I, people... I, mean, I love that, Mother Boy. Is that from uh, Arrested Development? Yes, yeah. how did you know? Oh, man. So that is that why <laughs> you're a fan? Because then you say that you were, you were a fan, like, originally or something. Isn't that what... No, I original i loved your your title because i think that was one of the funniest kind of jokes on the oh it is right yeah Yeah. that was the cringiest episode for sure when uh the mother (laughs) you know and how this came about was um the boys and i were like you know you know, I'm a writer. I'm a mom and I'm a writer and they they don't read. <laughs> so we, yeah. we can, often. I mean, yeah, often. They don't read fiction, I should say. Uh, very often. Um, and so I don't know how it came out. We just thought like we talk a lot and we're like, we should do a podcast. And I told my son in Seattle about it. Well, we have a we have pretty crazy dinner conversations. I think that's kind of part yeah, of where it's I think it one of our too. strengths is we just don't, we talk about anything and everything. Yeah, and I have a rule like if you want to say something bad or edgy, it has to make me laugh. <laughs> it's called suffer for your art. <laughs> and, rule. So if you uh-huh. want to swear when you were a kid, like one of the boys, yeah. like maybe they learned a word at school and they wanted to use it. I'm like, you know, if you just used it for the sake of using it, um, you get in trouble. But if you could use it and like entertain us, <laughs> it's hard to be mad when you're laughing. But anyhow, we we we've been you know having great conversations as family. Uh, forever and um, we talked to my son about this and I said we're gonna you know the boys and I are thinking of having a podcast I don't know how it's gonna work because their humor is definitely different than mine it's a mother-son thing and he goes oh gosh mom that sounds like way too mother boy for me and then I just started dying because I'm like that is because I knew exactly what he was talking about Oh yeah, so Mother good. Boy XXX, isn't it like the Mother Boy Thirty? Yeah, it's called Mother yeah. Mother Boy Thirty. Yeah, I don't know. It it kind of got too real for me. Yeah, <laughs> it got too it got too yeah. Mother Boy, and then I that's why I, uh, I kind of was like we should maybe rebrand. At least that's that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Stop being ironic. After yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It became yeah exactly. It was unironic. Yeah. I, I think Matt said like when he would have to explain it, it just lost its. Humor. <laughs> yeah, it's like I would have to. It's like explaining a joke, you know, and then can't do it. You can't, and then everyone sits there and their eyes gloss over, and you're like, this just sounds so like, I'm yeah. I'm gonna just kill myself. Oh my I'll God. see you later. I'll just, I'll get in the car. I'll get in the car, take it to the garage, and turn it on for like five okay, hours. No. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Are you you're used to dealing with um, antics of probably 
children this age in their 20s and whatever. Aren't you? A, you're a professor. Yeah, I'm a teacher at a, at a college. So a lot of my students are, you know, 19, 20. Um, but I do have a lot of nephews and nieces in their 20s. And uh, and I don't think there's a part of me that's never really grown up. So Well, we love that. I, I think it's, yeah. you know, I think that's the beauty of life is like you, you get older. But if as long as you can still yeah. feel like you're younger, like you have that inner... Right. Inner youth. That is amazing. And so you <clears throat> wrote a book, and I love the title. It's very unique. And I used to do historical fiction, and I've read my share of historical fiction but uh, and some histories. And you're, you're dipping way back. You're dipping way back yeah, to yeah. ancient Babel, yeah, yeah. Babylon. And we want to talk about Babylon, like, Babylon, <clears throat> as, Babylon. The, as the kids would say it when they read it. Um, yeah. And uh, you chose to write a book from the perspective of a eunuch which I think yeah. is so unique. Right. It's brave. That's a brave choice, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, part of it is I wanted to write, uh, it was a comic choice. Yes. I was, I was, I was looking for a ridiculous, a semi kind of absurd and ridiculous situation, right? And so, uh, you know, uh, being absolutely powerless is kind of, it can be, can be funny. So now you were... <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's a slave. He's a eunuch slave scribe. So. Oh We're just like absorbing being absolutely <laughs> Is that, is that uh, just the most powerless yeah, thing you could think of and you wanted to write about it? Is yeah, I was, yeah. I was looking for the most powerless <laughs> character to think of. He's a eunuch, he's a slave, and he's a he's a writer, he's a scribe, and so it's like he's educated. Um, oh my god. Yeah, um, overeducated, very bitter, and you know, thwarted desire, right? So now were you drawing from personal experience? <laughs> <laughs> They say, right what you know, right? Yeah. I mean, I write oh about God. I write about baked goods and lighthouses, you know. So I, I know. <laughs> um, no, I thought how you came about it, and I was reading your um, bio and your um, your uh, some of the talking points and stuff, and it, yeah. you were in grad school. Yeah. And and this is a point of your life when you felt like powerless. Well, yeah, yeah. Now I felt emasculated. I think that was probably where the eunuch idea wow, came like, from. Wow, like so? Why go? So let's dig into that a little bit. That is because I mean I've never been to grad school. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. So <laughs> what it? Yeah, what it is is, is it, it's it's. Well, I'm going to use a word here. It's infantilizing. Yes. So, so you're in your 30s, and you know where most of my friends had professions, careers, wives, beginning to have children. I was still in school, living in a one-room, uh, you know, rent-by-the-week boarding house uh, with a bathroom down the hall and a hot plate, you know. <laughs> and it's not how you pictured yourself in your 30s, right? No, yeah, and I'm like 32, right, unmarried, yeah. right, and still taking classes in these obscure uh, historical and linguistic subjects. And it's it, it's very lonely and, um, you know, you know, well, it's so an, that, that was part of it. That was part of it. It's an part, intellectual perhaps. pursuit because, like, t explain yes. what you were studying, which is so. I mean, it's, I I like yeah. applaud anybody who goes down this road because these are like tough subjects yeah. to study. It was an intellectual pursuit. So what happened at the time? I was studying religion at Harvard Divinity School. That's amazing. Living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is re really a cool place. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very you know, it's an old colonial town. Harvard University or Cambridge. It's just an exciting intellectual atmosphere. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. I was studying, um, uh, you know, religion and philosophy and literature, uh, doing some really cool stuff. So the life of the mind was really, really great. Yeah. But, you know, I was totally poor, didn't own a car, 
um, you know, you know, maybe had, you know, $20 to my name at the end of every paycheck. And so, you know, he had to kind of deal with all that. Yeah. Yeah. My father was going like, what are you doing with your life? That kind of thing. And you had to justify like, no, li- literally, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really what I want to do. And, 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 it, and it, it, it was like a bet that hopefully it would pay <laughs> off sometime. And, you know. And I'm not sure if I've ever, I'm not sure if it has paid off yet. No, see, I've, I've taken that bet. I'm a writer. Like it's one of the things you're, and then there, there are times when you like, and my journey is like way less intellectual than yours, but um, there's times in your life when you're like, you're staring at your computer, you're writing something, maybe something ridiculous. And you're like, what am I doing? Like, what the heck? What do I, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. Like, what you know, I is done? this it? You know, but I get that. So I, so you were yeah. down this rabbit hole, but it was so, it was something that was so passionate for you, right? There's a passion that drives you to do this. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, like how to describe it. Um, I knew at that point I knew I wanted to write and I wanted to write a comic novel. I was really interested in, in writing a comic novel so it was a question of, well, what kind of novel and how do you learn how to do it? Because it's actually kind of hard to write well. And writing a novel is not for the, is, is a huge yeah. challenge. I always call it like the marathon of the it's, writing world. It's, it's a marathon. And it, it, and it took me a long time to learn how to do it. Um, when I started writing, I was just so bad at it. Oh, stop. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. yeah me I started writing last year. Yeah, I started. <laughs> I can vouch for them. I was five years yeah. old. And I just could. I just didn't get it. <laughs> I still can't. I, know, I still so can't. I still don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's one of those strange things. Um. Part of it was, I think, you wanted. I wanted to create something that would be self. That would be an act. Would be an uh, an object of self expression. Um. Like you know. I had a pretty complicated, I'm a complicated person mm-hmm. and, a, you know, and a relatively interesting, you know, intellectual, emotional, psychological, you know, mm-hmm. inward life. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to be, and I wanted to express that in my writing, right. In a way that would turn people off, that would entertain them, that would, you know, right. give, tell them a story that they would like. Uh, so, I, so, so that's, that was the impetus behind becoming a writer is that, you know, life is complicated in a, in a strange business and absurd. And I wanted to kind of ex- ex- express that that ex- that absurdity, that strangeness of being a human being, in a work of art. Um, and it just took a long time to figure out how to do that. <laughs> right? Well, and it is. It's like it's a, a lot of it is like my friends and I joke. It's kind of like a therapy too, because there's a part of you in every character, right? Because you have to. Sure, have, there's something therapeutic about it. Absolutely. Even, even the worst characters you create, you're like, you know, there's a part of you that has to write that. Do you know what I mean? Especially, and then dealing with historical figures as well because you you know obviously yeah. you've studied this and you know a lot about it you know like babylon to me is like i don't know that much about it <laughs> yeah you know, that, that 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 was some work but that wasn't the hardest part you, you I, I wanted to be historically accurate so you had to get like the gods right the architecture right yeah. and the food right and try to do the world building stuff and that wasn't that hard um actually the hard part was uh, not only coming up with the voice of the character that ah. uh, that would kind of entice and enchant the reader, mm-hmm. but then figuring out what the story was. I had I mean, right. every every writer is going to have its challenges. For me, I'm not very good at plot. I'm not very good at sto- uh, of laying out you know the A B's and C's of the right. story. That that took a long time for me to figure out. That was the struggle. And and sometimes, like you know, I think when I started writing, like 
I, I guess I'm lucky in the fact that like, like I just have stories in my head and I didn't realize that people don't normally make everything into a story. And so I fought writing for a long time. I didn't start writing until I had my kids. Like I was a yeah. stay home mom at the time and I was uh -huh. not getting any sleep, you know, and I'd be like, oh, maybe not. And I was an avid reader. And then one day I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to write a novel, you know, and that's okay. kind of how it started. But it is funny because it's like, when you look at it, people will say, you know, like, oh, how did you do this or whatever? And for me, like, I don't overthink, you know, beginning, middle, end, and all the other things that yeah. you, you can go to school to learn to do. Because it really can't really learn how to write a novel. You can read novels, you can understand them, you can understand the story. But it is a huge undertaking, especially yes. when you're dealing with this new world. And um, <clears throat> you think you have this character. And then what is that character going to do to move into this world to, you know? Yeah, what's the story? What do you want to? Yeah. So, I mean, what you said, I think it's really true. It reminds me of something that Aristotle said. You learn by doing. Yeah, he was so smart. Learn, yeah, the only way to yeah the only way to <laughs> learn how to write. Wow. Aristotle. <laughs> wow, a lot of money to get that quote. Oh my yeah. God. yeah, right. So I'm, it's a return on my investment, right? You know, <laughs> well, we're impressed. I mean, I mean, yeah, you can yeah. quote. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the only way to learn how to write a novel is to try to write the novel. Yeah, and you'll learn. Yeah. It might take a long time. Mm. It's a, for me it took a while to learn. So what was the aha moment where you're like, eunuch, I'm going to write from the perspective of a eunuch, because that is a very, yeah. not, you know, not many people would embrace that as a main character. And I think that was a real brave challenge. That is a real brave choice. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I didn't start he didn't, when I originally I started writing the novel. I wasn't writing about a eunuch. I, I was writing about, in fact, it wasn't even set in Babylon. It was set in some sort of prehistoric caveman world. <laughs> where uh, where the main character was a little brother. He had like about 12 other brothers and his father was kind of head of the pack. And, and he was like, the, so he, he was like the Zeta male in the group. Oh, wow. Right? He was constantly being shit on by his older brothers. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he was kind of a loser and uh, the, the scorn and butt of mockery. Right. And so that's kind of how it started. And it, it really didn't go anywhere. And then I was thinking about, yeah, well, maybe I should think about uh, you know, put it in some sort of historical period, and I've always been—I was—I've always been fascinated with the term Babylon and what that yeah. meant. Yeah, you know, it's de—it's a sign of like a decadent empire, yeah, right? A power that's in decline, right? Um, you know, Babylon, Rome—it it has a big—it has a big symbolic role in the Old Testament, right? Example. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon, right? The Hanging Babylon, Gardens, the right? Nebuchadnezzar, the madness of Nebuchadnezzar. And so I thought, uh, so at some point I said, I'll put it in Babylon and I'll make my character the, uh, the eunuch in the king's harem. So he's surrounded by all these beautiful young women and he can't do anything he's about powerless. it. He's powerless <laughs> to do anything about it. Yeah, so, so, so in this kind of sexual hellscape. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know how that might feel today? Yeah. Sexual, Most young men can relate to that. Sexual Yeah, geez. I, I just like that yeah. term. I know a guy like that. This is like a that. real sexual hellscape. I think. Yeah, right, yeah. Tobias, Tobias Funke. Yeah, yeah Tobias Funke. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. the incel. Sure. Yeah. 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 He's, the, he's the anal rapist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know what that word it, means, but no, no, that what was, does that mean? I think he had it on his, uh, wasn't it his car? It was his car. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. He had it yeah, on, right. he had a, a, yeah. a vanity plate. He tried to get, it said ain't a new start, and it was ain't yeah. a start or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, he was looking for a new term. He was, he, was, he was a doctor, a psychoanalyst, yeah. Oh, my he was gonna God. He's going to wrap his 
Oh, yeah. oh, that was such a that was oh, such a brilliant God. show. I remember like watching that's that. That's a brilliant sh- show. Yeah, 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 yeah. such yeah, genius, pure such genius, crazy stuff in there. Yeah, and that inspires us all. I mean, it's inspired you know obviously you and us. So. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, um, but no, I think it's so interesting. Well, first of all, why don't you describe a little bit about your book? Because I don't think we even started sure. there. So yeah, and then we'll, we'll continue talking about how this all came about because I think it's so fascinating. Yeah, the, the book tells the story of uh, Babylon. Babylon goes to war in the Middle East in the sixth century BCE. Uh, they're they ha- they're in a they're in a kind of power rivalry with the kingdom of Egypt, and the oh. battleground is Judah, uh, fighting over who has control of what's known as the Levant region, kind of Syria, modern day Syria, right. Lebanon. Israel, right? I feel like I've heard this before. I know. Yeah, this sounds uh, vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, the Middle East. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> war so, in the so Middle East. Middle East has always been like a clusterfuck of power and war, right? Yes. Yeah. It's always, it's always been the case. And so Babylon invades uh, uh, Judah and uh, destroys uh, the temple and then um, um, exports the population really, uh, to Babylon. It's the Jew. It's the Babylonian captivity, and I want to tell the story behind that war. That and and, and, and I was inspired by Bush's war in Iraq in two thousand three. Okay, you're going way back, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I was. I'm old. Well, no, right? me too. I remember <laughs> that, that was I when, like, that was just invading Iraq, right? Yeah, that, was that wasn't Gulf War. That, that, was, that was not the Gulf War. That, yeah. was, yeah. that was not Desert Storm. It was no. Operation Iraqi Freedom or something. I mean, like that, yeah, right? yeah, Desert Storm was. 1991, yeah. and this is this was actually invading Iraq and taking Baghdad. Yeah, because they were. Oh god! And in response to 9/11. Okay, was yeah. that the? I think I re- yes. Was hey, that the, like, the? You were not alive. No, wait, yeah, you we were. were. Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking <laughs> we're about? We're born in the 90s. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, I was going. About. I was going back to the 80s. I was thinking of the first one. No, this is the recent war. This is this is Bush too. This is okay. W. It is, right. it is so confusing, and I'm just going to say, because like, I studied more European history and European military yeah. history, and so my historical fiction was set more like in that, and that was very comfortable. And yeah. it's funny, because we talk a lot about, like, you know, this one loves, like, he loves, um, I would say weaponry, right? Like, you're I mean, I, I like war stuff. I mean, I do a lot of, like, I like World War II You're fascinated lot. with that and weapons. Uh, I And, like, modern war is, like, really wild how it's fought but yeah i thought that the i mean the whole bush era war is like so convoluted in so many ways like i'm pretty sure the first country they took over was afghanistan and that was like a that was like a three week is, is he correct because we i i don't remember they, well, they, there's, a, there's a there's a four-star general there's a very famous video of a four or five-star general sitting in a chair saying that they came up to him and gave him a, like a dossier of what their plan was. And it was like a laid out plan that they were going to take over like five countries. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, this is not going to work. <laughs> I mean, it's... Like, no, it was a disaster. The war was a disaster. And um, anyway, that, I mean, that's a long conversation. Yeah, but yeah. That was going on. So, what, so the premise of the book is this. The U.S. Army invades ba- Baghdad in March of 2003. And there was an antiquities museum. I this remember actually, this. I remember this. And the antiquities TV. museum gets gets uh, sacked, and so all these antiquities go on the black market. And my novel is a translation of a bunch of cuneiform tablets that go on the uh, the market. Wait, wait, the say that go, word again. Cuneiform. 
cuneiform. Oh, okay, cuneiform. Okay, cuneiform. Right. So these are these these are these like these mud tablets that are inscribed with a, 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 an alphabetic script that's called cuneiform. There's little these triangles and lines. Right. It's like an, the yeah. most ancient form of writing, isn't that the very first? One of the most first? ancient forms of writing, yeah. And so what happens is my novel is a translation of these tablets that came on the marketplace, and they tell the story. The tablets tell the story of Nebuchadnezzar's invasion of Judah in 589 BCE. Wow. And uh, they're told from the point of view of his harem unit. That That's is pretty, amazing. Pretty meta. So, so do you meta. guys understand? Wait, it's pretty meta. It's, yeah, it's pretty meta. It's a meta historical novel. It's not really a historical novel. <laughs> no, but that's no. They no. We appreciate so that. We appreciate I, that. I guess I. So that is that like, was there like those cuneiform? What I don't know how to say it. Cuneiform, cuneiform tablets. Yeah, yeah. So were they? They were actually like there, and you're and they were stolen, and and you're just changing the story that was written on those tablets. No, no. Well, what happened up there is that there is a series of tablets called the Babylonian Chronicles that ah. tell the story of the invasion. And one of those tablets is missing. They've never found it. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That is cool. I love. We, yeah. Yeah. I watch so, a lot of those shows. So, that... so the premise of my book is, oh, they found the tablet and here's the translation. <laughs> and it's nice. like an absurd, like yeah. from a Unix perspective. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The Unix tells the story. Of course, he's That's... powerless and bitter. And, uh, you know, and, and he's like, and he's the king's body man. Yeah, he's the guy that you know. He sleeps in the king's bed. He helps him out with his constipation. Oh God! Oh, my God. It's he like the worst. He knows everything about him, right? Oh that, my God! And it is hilarious. weird. Like when you read like history, there are some really like we live in a very cleansed society for the most part. Right, right. Um, the first time I ever really read anything about a eunuch was um, I love this author Dorothy Dunnett, who did this amazing like epic that was set in the Middle Ages. And I forgot how it, I mean, I forgot a lot of it, but it was more about like 15th century. Yeah. Um, uh, was it Suleiman who was in power? I don't know. But it was so interesting because like when that, uh, when they would, I think it was the Muslims, when they would come and they would attack, they would take everybody and they would take the sons of their enemies and turn them into eunuchs. Is that sure, correct? That's basically Is that how happened. it happened? And it was so yeah. fascinating to me that they would do that. And then they, they could be educated. Um, right. And so they were very educated, but they, and they were guarding the harem because they were not a threat. Right. They yeah. were not a threat. So that you, you train up this class. You would never do that's it to your own people. But when you need to neuter, yeah. neuter the enemy. But they were children when this happens, right? So yeah. they weren't, it, so that, at least that's, that's my that's understanding. Right. That's, that's exactly it. Uh, my character was castrated, you know, he was like 12 when it happened. And that's just like, I mean, just thinking of that, like kind of a crime against humanity today. That's brutal. Like, you know, I mean, like the way people managed societies was so... Like I mean, when you had a king, you know they could do whatever they. I have a proclaim. I have a good conspiracy question. Oh, for Charles. For Charles. Oh, yeah, for Charles. So, yeah. so since you're you're the eunuch expert, so <laughs> Michael <laughs> Michael Jackson was he a eunuch? Because there's some speculation that he was maybe like chemically castrated, and that's why his voice. Oh, was seriously, so high. I haven't heard that. I have no idea. I mean, it's obviously no. We've all heard it, but yeah. I like. I think it's fun. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, not for him, but for for <laughs> I mean, me. His life wasn't. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he was really a mixed-up person, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had a troubled yeah. family life, but he had a very troubled family life. He was a child star. It sounds like his father was abusive. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, the celebrity probably really messed him up. He had really some. He he. It seemed like he had some sort of body dysphoria uh, in regards to his race. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, and when you look at the kind of transformations that he that he that he went under that he under underwent physically, he, he might have been, he might have even been trans because he ended up looking like. Um, <gasps> oh, that's a good yeah, call. A, yeah. I like that yeah, better though. Michael yeah, Jackson. Yeah, was trans. he ended up looking like a female, what, the African American female singer that he was really close to. Oh, oh who was that? What was her name? Oh, yeah. Not Tina Turner. Yeah, no, was but he it? did every. By the end of when it was all said and done, he really resembled her, and then he was yeah. also like whitening his skin. So there was there was some sort of dysphoria that was going yeah. on. He was very skinny too. I, it was very yeah, maybe anorexia, some sort of yeah eating disorder, some sort of body dis- and ri- some sort of sexual racial dysphoria, and then plus he, you know. Um, what do you want to call his attraction to yeah, you know, young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's like, dang, you're connecting yeah. the dots God, right you now. you are. Like, I mean, you right. know, I haven't thought about that in a very long time. <laughs> I, I like this conspiracy way better than yeah. Oh, yeah. That Michael yeah, Jackson yeah. was but trans. Maybe, maybe he was still. Maybe he was. That, was that, that is the reason that pushed him into the, the, you know, being like kind of having transgender behavior is that he was chemically castrated. I don't know. They like didn't feel like a guy. You know, we and could also yeah, we could combine the conspiracy yeah, into can. one mega conspiracy. Yeah. The, the Trinity. The yeah. Trinity. <laughs> and he was and he, and he was so talented. Then you combine that you oh. combine that with this kind of genius talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He had that he had that talent at age five or six. If you listen to him sing songs uh, you know, between like six and twelve, yeah. his kind of emotional range that he could hit yeah. was extraordinary. As um, a child, was, yeah. As a child, yeah. And his then, prodigy. I think it, he, he was the meal ticket for his family in a lot of ways. And he was the meal ticket yeah. for the family, yeah. yeah. And so they, you know, wanted to keep yeah. that that youthful voice, which I think maybe was, yeah. if, yeah. It, if there well, was that's, some that's truth the, to that's it. That's the theory for the castration thing, is that, like, he had such a good oh, voice at such a young age. Voice. And he, he had such an incredible, yes, a castrato, yes. Yeah. It's such oh, a great range. Good, see, good The range there. of his voice was super, you know, he could go super, super high. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Michael Jackson is a modern-day castrato. Yeah. And yeah, so now, yeah. what is because I mean I know the term, <laughs> but like where did that come from? Castrato. Yes, like I mean, was yeah, that it was, popular in like Italy? I mean, I don't. You're the historian. The opera. Yeah, apparently the male uh, tenor, or actually, if you castrated these, so you have the boy choir, right? Uh, if you've ever heard boy choirs, yes, usually they're church choirs. Yeah, in, like in England, no, they no, sing no, for they the queen. Were, yeah, I, mean, I have a friend who's the queen. Yeah, I they sing mass. There's something apparently extraordinary about that voice, and so one way it was to one, one thought was to preserve it. Oh, that's to preserve the voice. That's because because you know, <laughs> I'm just gonna say as a mother, <laughs> I think, I think singing, the singer goes because uh, the, these boy singers would undergo the equivalent of twink death. Heard that term? <laughs> no. no. What no. is that? <laughs> I, know, yeah. I might dip out for this. Put it out there for the gang. Look I that might, up. I Move might that dip out. out for this one. <laughs> Are you going to look it up, Dan? Wait, what's it called? Death? Death, yeah. death? I have no idea. Dude, I, I feel yeah. like... Uh, I- I usually use the computer to look stuff up when we're not interviewing, <laughs> but I'm going to pull it up on my phone. I feel like um, I can guess up, I feel like yeah. I can guess what that is. <laughs> you can guess yeah. it. What guess, is it, When the beautiful boy hits the wall, What is a twink, Dan? I believe it's a... If, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there's categories of, uh, of gay, men. gay men would like to categorize themselves into certain. Like, there's bears, I believe. Wait, are we on the right track? Yes. You guys are totally on the right track. I think there's oh, a yeah, twink as well. A twink is... I'm a teenager. It's like it's like the prepubescent. Okay. The feminine looking. Boy, the feminine, thing. beautiful boy. Yeah, yeah, right. And they're very desirable. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point... They're crossed yeah, between a woman yeah. and a man, but they're a man. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. at some point, uh, the, the young, beautiful boy, uh, you know, loses his hair and puts on weight, and they call that twink death. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Woo, it's called growing up, people. 
Roman up. Oh my god. That's so good. Okay, yeah, Daniel. Do we use that, Dan? He's going through can you use it in a sentence? No. Think of a really attractive child actor where they're beautiful at age 12. Like Timothy Chalamet? At age 30, you go, holy shit, what happened to you? The twink death of Timothy Chalamet. No, no, no. He's already 30 and he's still... Tragedy, gentlemen. That's a tragedy. Yeah, it's more like Macaulay Culkin. Right, he was such yeah. a gorgeous oh, boy. Oh, that is a good And he one. also yeah. hung out with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Full circle. Mm. Wow. Right, Living in France really does it to you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough to... Yeah, so usually it's an internet meme. It's kind of, it's like, you know, I guess slightly malicious internet meme. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, how can you, uh, you know, the internet. It's the wild, the wild west of yeah. malicious. It's wild know. west, right, of discourse. It's Yeah, it is. I mean, and that is f- something funny, too, for people that work in words. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, the language the language creation is amazing. You kind of the memified urban dictionary language. Oh, I'm fascinated it is. And you can't keep up. Like the boys were like giving me a hard time. I, mean, I try to keep up, but I'm not going to. You know what I mean? Right. And when you guys were like the Gen Z lingo, it's totally different than things that like you and I grew up with. Totally. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like a different language. And yeah. you feel like, the, and that's the evolution of language and how you, language is a, is a, is a living thing. Do you it know? is. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just going to ask, do you know if like they did like invent a lot of like language like we do today back in like the Bob Babylon times and throughout history well, or is it is it just because now I don't know or is it well, different like, think today about, like that is a good question and, and you've studied you know you've studied this um you know, like the tower Babel. now was that that wasn't in Babylon was it no but 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 um the, they believe that the tower of Babel is a reference to the ziggurat okay and that the, is yeah, so the Tower of Babel is told in Genesis, right? It's, right. it's the myth about how we've got these multiplicity of languages, right? Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, I mean, the Tower of Babel has always been associated with Babylon, mm-hmm. and it, it, it became like a conceit or a subject for European painting. Oh, yeah. And if, if you look at a lot of uh, Renaissance, uh, Middle yeah. Age, medieval and Renaissance paintings, yes. they're always doing versions of the Tower of the Babel, Tower of Babel. And so, uh, the, the Tower of Babel or the Ziggurat plays a big role in my novel. But it's not the ziggurat of ancient uh, Babylon or Mesopotamia. It really is close to something like Bruegel or uh, or Hieronymus Bosch. One of the one of the medieval painters would have done it. It's, it's this giant kind of semi-complete edifice. Oh wow! And so, yeah. So the Tower of Babel in my in my novel is like seventy-two stories, and everybody kind of lives in it. It's it's almost something out of like Blade Runner, you know. Well, something I mean, no. Did they have the Did they have the capacity to build like that back then? I mean, no, I guess, no, 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 okay. No, so, yeah, the tower, the, the ziggurat would have been something like you know, it might have been like sixty feet tall. Yeah, but but, <laughs> like but then vertical was high. Was no, but then European painters in the Middle Ages and the Renaissance began to kind of fantasize and yeah. imagine it. As being something like the World Trade Center or something like that. Some this giant <laughs> edifice that represents power and money and you know military might, all that. So it's this power. So it's it's a symbol of like of 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 of, of humanistic or uh, mortal power and uh, it uh, or and, and man's hubris, arrogance, right? So yeah. The tower to reach the heavens and that offended Yahweh, and so he destroys it, right? And that's the the metaphor in the New Testament for the for the Tower of Babel, and then yeah, it, it, it's a symbol of human hubris and arrogance and pride that we're going to build something that's actually going to touch. We're going to be like gods. We're going to be able to reach into the heavens with this architectural building, and it, so it's so it's a symbol of all that. And um, 
And of course, you know, that war that inspired my novel, uh, you know, was a response to uh, the destruction of the Twin Towers. Oh, that's, oh, mm. that's, oh wow. yeah, okay. that's really, that's really deep. Yeah, the yeah. Twin Towers were kind of think American, about that. Yeah, they were our big. Yeah, they represented American uh, world capital and power. And, and those guys chose, you know, the attackers chose their uh, targets well. Well, they did because that was like yeah. the banking center. I remember everything like yeah, just went the financial center yeah. of uh, the West uh, of the American Empire, right? So they were they were going to go after that, the Pentagon and the that White House. That is so interesting. House of Capital, right? But they yeah, chose that. You know what I mean? I never yeah, think yeah about it's it. very very sinister, well, but very well chosen. I mean, yeah. they had a couple targets too. I mean, they were they flew into like the Pentagon and they were. Well, yeah. I think one going for the White House, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But, but the towers, the right. and they were, and, and then the third target that the plane that went down in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, they debate whether they were going to go. It was either the Capitol or the White House. God, oh crazy. yeah, I mean I've I've heard that plane was not <laughs> taken over, not taken over by the people inside, and actually just yeah, shot down. Like the PR people were like, yeah, oh, really? how do we spin this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I I had well, some. They were prepared to shoot it down. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, 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 I think they. I believe they shot it down. And yeah, and because right the government doesn't want to come out and say, yeah, we shot down a seven forty seven full. Yeah, like, if they million. shot it down, they could never say it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably true. Yeah, they're not going to admit that. Is the, okay. So the Tower that's of Babel is the Tower of Babel the story where like isn't like uh, is it God that changes like the languages yeah. of everybody well, while they're trying to build or, it? No, no, no. So the, the idea is that before before the Tower of Babel, the human race spoke this one Ur language. It's like the originary language. So there was so there's no division. We all understood each other. There was no problems with translation. There was no confusion of tongues. I think is the term right. in mm-hmm. the Old Testament. So we all got along. We all spoke the same language, right? Um, there was no kind of the, the deeper cultural divisions weren't there that are caused by culture and language, and, and so so then as a symbol of this unity, they built this tower that reached the, the heavens, and, and God saw that as an act of human pride or hubris. And decides to, all right, I'm going to destroy the temple. And then, as a further punishment, I'm going to scatter the languages. And so everybody will speak a different tongue and nobody will understand each other. And so it's about that It's about that kind of hum, hu, human confusion on a linguistic level. Right. That and that, that's not that's not the Tower of Babel. That's not the same story. It Those, is. It is? It is. It is? Okay, yeah. okay. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It becomes a subject matter for Western art. And poetry, it, it's a, it's like an archetype that artists return to to kind of to kind of ponder its meaning. Yeah, like we right. are all like you know, especially you know when you go to places like Europe and they all speak a different language and they're not they're like United States, like they're the state, like yeah. they're the size. A lot of those countries are the size of states, and everybody's speaking a different language. And well, yeah, just think about the, even in America, we all speak English, right? There are all these kind of political and cultural differences where we don't even understand each other anymore. The left talks past the right, the right yeah. talks past. I can't understand why anybody would vote for Trump. I can't understand why anybody would would, would uh, vote for Biden. That to me is also the kind of the confusion of languages. I was just going to say the same oh. thing. Like you, like we don't understand we don't each other. Speak in this country. The same even though we speak the same language, yeah, it's like the perspectives the are so different so across different. the country. And and the role that yeah. like so much information all the time everywhere like even oh, yeah. even oh, the yeah. hubris of this podcast thinking that we have something <laughs> yeah. to add to the conversation yeah. is know, social media god is social media god in this metaphor <laughs> social media is god in this metaphor just makes everybody confused oh my god Man. It up. Good for you. yeah i mean that's the internet right is yeah, the, the great scrambler yeah, yeah. <laughs> big scrambler yeah, mark zuckerberg <laughs> or the great scrambler <laughs> Zuck, yeah, all those guys, uh, Musk and Zuck, and yeah. 
Bezos, right? Yeah, he's got the best billion-dollar name, though, like the billionaire names. Out of all the Zuck. billionaires, Zuck is, like, the funniest one. Zuck's pretty good, right? Yeah. He rhymes yeah. Suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And he even, like, he'll say it, too, which is crazy. What? You know, he'll call himself the Big Zuck. He no, he does not. Yeah, I think he, I think he like, responds <laughs> oh, to Oh, he it. is his own Tower yeah. of Babel, isn't he? He knows what he's doing. The one that I find the most ridiculous is almost is Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah, uh, dude. When he we, he he, <laughs> my favorite thing about Jeff Bezos is yeah. the person he's dating. What? Oh yeah, she's great. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And her her like it's so disgusting because like she's just got the fakest boobs in the world. Everything. Yeah. And the hugest nipples, and wears the tightest sh- like shirts, and it's so gross. Yeah, it, it, it has her lips have been maxed out in yeah. plastic surgery. It's yeah. like Barbie gone bad. Barbie yeah. Breaking Bad Barbie. Oh yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so disgusting. They're like walking in public, and her just like her nipples are the size of like a sand oh, yeah. dollar. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, had, he's so jacked up on testosterone. Yeah. If you look, if you look at the before and after pictures of, of, oh. of Bezos in the 1990s, yeah, you know, oh, he's just he he's like nothing this, to look like, at. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's like this super beta. Yeah, he's a nerd. He's yeah. a he's a he's a beta nerd, and then he gets jacked up on tea, and he's like an you know, arm sports slinger. Man, don't you wish like I would it's, like to it's so funny. Narrate a book from like before Bezos, he's just and then like, make him sell it on Amazon. He's just such a stereotypical like sociopath. What? Like you think Bezos? Is yeah, oh, hundred percent. Like uh, I, like another one of my favorite things is he does. He makes like the Blue Horizon rocket, and then totally he, perfect. Then, it's a giant penis. Yes, giant penis. <laughs> Just to beat the other guy who's baking giant penises in that, Texas. That's right. My dick is uh, bigger yeah. than your dick. Yeah, my dick's bigger than your dick, and my dick can carry more weight. And that's, that's what they go back and forth on. Zuck it. Yeah. And he like, I think the first like but man you know what, mission, Matt? he gets in the capsule with a guy who's like, who was like a recovering alcoholic. And then they land back down, and he oh, takes the champagne. Out, yeah, right? and he breaks the champagne <laughs> in front of the guy. Yeah, it's really toned down, right? Yeah, it's so toned down. It's hilarious. Yeah. And that is the oh that is God. the move of a eunuch. Yeah. A ba- no kidding, I'm kidding. Everyone's just, you just kind of sit there and watch as people just do ridiculous shit around you. Yeah, the billionaire class, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting phenomena in itself. It is. You know, but yeah, I mean, it is like it's a it's a show out there. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's entertaining. Did you guys watch the Super Bowl yesterday? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there all? They're all there at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. All yeah. Well, how much were the tickets? How much were the tickets? They were like ridiculous. Ten thousand bucks. So, like, no average American family can go no, actually to any. No, even if, even taking even... like even taking a family to a sports event. No, you got to be a millionaire to go. But yeah, they showed the. Oh. Uh, I mean, the halftime was kind of funny because it's like all these stars like popping. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Don't get me started. I know it was wild. It was it was a real spectacle. Yeah. It was. It is a spectacle. It's mm-hmm. like the arenas, the ancient arenas of uh, ancient Rome. Of Rome or Babylon? Did ba- oh. Wait, did Babylon? Okay, so did Babylon do sports like that? Did they do blood sports? Uh, no, they were just into war. Yeah. <laughs> wait, did they have an arena? That they was were. their sport. That's way cooler too. That's right. Way cooler. <laughs> more profitable and more profitable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, hey, you want to go fight each other in an arena? No, let's just take over this other country. That's, that's right. way cooler. Yeah. And we're gonna enslave the other population. <laughs> yeah. What we're gonna enslave? We're gonna sell them and make money. That's we don't right. need to sell tickets oh in God. a stupid bowl. Yeah, right. Dan, you got Dan like just Dan is losing I it. I don't know. I didn't think it was good. this was going to be so like. Yeah. Oh no! One of our cameras just turned off. Hang oh, on one have, second. We always have technical oh, difficulty. God. I can cut this out. Yeah, no. 
No, it's good if it stays. You guys in. Seem to keep like, Matt does not like to. Whenever we have like a technical malfunction, I'm like, cut this out, and then he. Refuses. No, I keep it in. He just likes to show. <laughs> the, he, he likes to show. Like, the, yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like a garage rock band, right? It is. It's like yeah. Part of the, unpolished. Yeah, keep it in. You got to unedit as much as possible. Unedit. Right. I think people yeah. people are tired of like the Disney fake stuff. Yeah, everything's I mean? so polished, right? Professional. Yeah, there's there's yeah. too much of that on like especially on YouTube. I'm like I'm looking at YouTube videos and like I throw up our stuff and I'm like, oh like hey, everyone. We're that's so what... unpolished. <laughs> oh, but we have great content. Eh. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It was it was really good until this interview. Yeah, yeah. No, this is oh, no, no. We've had worse. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel good. No, no, no. <laughs> no we've had a lot worse. Don't worry about it. No. Of I was kidding. That's no, going good. Don't so, worry about it. I know. Back to back to the book, though. I mean, like telling a book from a person like a eunuch who's a little bit bitter, I think would be so much fun because you can yeah, get, was. You yeah, can get right. away with saying stuff because. Yep. And um, so, right. like, when people read. Like, do they, like, do you, have you gotten feedback? Have they been like, I, I always joke about like the reviews, like you get reviews sure. and there are always people, like some people are amazing and there are always people who are like just picking up one thing that really just, right. they cannot deal with. Oh yeah. And sure. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to say a badge of honor, but it's kind of interesting that you know, to know you got into somebody's head with something you right. did. Right. And that they, yeah, there's a couple of chapters that, uh, that kind of cross the line in the novel. Okay. <laughs> Nice. That's, You're that's it. awesome. That's awesome. So that's sometimes yeah. that that's your that can be a little. That, yeah. You can yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There, there are probably at least three of those chapters in the novel. There, there's maybe twenty three chapters. There's twenty three chapters in the book, and I'd say three of them really cross the line. That's really interesting. <laughs> but that you know, like that's a really interesting decision, though, as an author, because you you are creating this world, and you are choosing to tell that story and that. Yeah, matter. I thought that was I thought it was true to the world. Yeah, and it's yeah. a brutal world. I'm going to say, like reading history, yeah. people. This is the thing, because like you know, you've lived and studied history, like as a profession oh. for so long, and you understand like what is in those books. You have these young kids coming up, and it's like, oh my god, my cell phone, I cannot right. live, and you're like, you would die, <laughs> like in a minute yeah. on the streets of Babylon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like what yeah. we conceive of as a hardship today is nothing. Right. Like it took. No, it's true. Yeah, life so was very. Long. Yeah. So I was. Like, I was talking about this with. Uh, um, my girlfriend's parents was like, we we're talking about like the home ec classes, like how like high school does not yeah. at all prepare you how to do like the basics things that you should know how to do yeah, like, anymore. Like so, easy car repair, like right. how to be like do light electrician work, like right. light plumbing work. Like not saying that you have to go into that, but like everybody should know how to like fix wood. Basic skills. Yeah, make, basic yeah. skills. Make a meal. Yeah, know? bake a cookie that doesn't taste like shit. Okay. You know, once in a while, make a goddamn good meal once in a while. How about that? Make a good sandwich. <laughs> make a good sandwich, you know? Make oh, yeah. a good sandwich. Make yeah. your bed. Yeah, but like all that stuff. But like, like no, a lot of people just don't understand that like the phones and the technology they use, the amount of material yeah. science that's involved. And right. in, in it's on like such a insane level. It's that, like, like magic. You, yeah. You wouldn't even be able to replicate it. No, but like, they, 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 no, they no, can no, no, use no. it like champs, but it's, they have no idea how it works. Like our society is built off the backs of giants or whatever. Yeah, what is the, like, the quote, I stand on the shoulders of giants or whatever? It's literally yeah. like, yeah. It, the technical sophistication is very, very high. Right, right. And, 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 and it feels like magic to us. We, get, we, have these, we have these little mini computers in our hand. Yeah. Well, it's like the level of science that 
a lot of stuff are built off of is like on a on a very molecular like intense intense physics right right we're like these guys came up with the basic principles and they're all mathematicians well and, right. and like right? back to mathematicians so like, though I, like i went down this rabbit hole once with like mm-hmm. you know a lot of my friends are engineers you know dan's an engineer and yeah. i was asking him like you know how does electrons create an image on your phone okay and that is like they were have they were like well it's layered but <laughs> we can't explain all of it right because it's uh, just it's weird that like you know you remember like basic physics physics class yeah we're like as what do you learn what a circuit is uh-huh okay those circuits create an image on a computer and then you can interact yeah, with i don't that. understand but so i, I don't understand how electricity it like it's like you're just describing. You're basically just describing layers of abstraction. Right. And you take right. something really, really complicated, and you and you create layers of abstraction on top of that, and then you create another layer of abstraction on top of that until you get to the point where we don't even understand why we have why we can use an iPhone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and my point is, is that the skill of learning how to mm-hmm. use an iPhone, iPhone, right, mm-hmm. does not translate well to whether or not right. you can live your life in a serious situation without it. Well, and 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 like back, which in- is a complex. Yeah. It's just. Right. Well, back oh. in the day, day-to-day life was drudgery. Like living yeah, right. day-to-day. Like even even just like on the meal perspective is like you got to kill the animal that, you know, skin it. You know, there are people who can't touch meat. I mean, we have a lot of right. people in this that come visit this house that can't touch or eat meat. You know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's just so interesting how we've we've changed so much you know what i mean but what was that what would you consider like the hottest tech back in ancient babylon what was the the big you know because i mean they were pretty they were pretty big math, mathematicians weren't they like was that yeah, they, yeah they were uh, uh um mathematicians and they had figured out astronomy that see that's it astronomy. Yeah. was that is that considered the persian empire or is that later it's right before the persian empire the persians take over like 530 Okay. And so, yeah, so, so, so the, the, the time I'm writing about, within a generation, the Persians come in and take over the whole oh thing. Oh, my God. Because what's his name? Nebuchadnezzar. I can never say that. It's like so many <laughs> letters in that word. Nebuchadnezzar just mailed it Nebuchadnezzar, in. Did he yeah. just lose? Did he just lose the whole? The whole his uh, son did. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Son of Benson lost the whole thing. And then the, and then, then the Persians take over, and, the, and then the Persians become big rivals of the Greeks. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a question. Thanks. So you've like clearly have a very high knowledge or high level knowledge of like a lot of uh, like history. And I, 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 also, I mean, I guess you studied religion as well. No, but I yeah. guess my question is um, what is like the biggest overarching theme from like studying like ancient Babylon and ancient Greece and like all these big ancient civilizations? But, like the rise and fall. What is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's like the biggest overarching theme of like all of those empires? And uh, I don't know, is it like mm. similar to what we're seeing today? Or like, yeah, what's, is there big takeaways right. like that that you have? I, no, I don't know if there's an overarching theme, but uh, but I, there are certain patterns that are recognizable. Um, and, and maybe the arrogance of power. Yes, yes. Would be one of them. You, know, you probably come up with, you know, three to five patterns that tend to repeat themselves. Uh, arrogance of power. Oh, uh, empires overextend themselves. Yes, mm. that was the Rome. Uh, Wasn't that the issue with Rome? They just kept yeah, Rome and everyone. And, and they became very like, they, like their life was so easy. Even even back in the day, but they just 
had so much wealth and they just overextended and they kept making yeah. their slaves, putting them in, not their, but their conquered people. After a while, they would fight in their armies. And pretty yeah. soon they were just kind of like, eh. Easy to, yeah. easy to, easy to. Control. Large degrees of inequality would be another, another. Large, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so that's part of it. And um, so it's the time that I'm writing about is similar to our time. It's a kind of a decadent time. Isn't that funny? You don't think we're not producing it. anything anymore. We're, you know, we're just we're we're it's a consumer society. Uh, we're distracted by most 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 of our time distracted by the machines that we hold in our hands. A lot of entertainment, oh, right? Isn't that a lot the of, truth? A lot of, the, our lifestyles are very sedentary. Um, yeah. Oh my God! It is. It is um, especially like a lot of mental illness amongst the uh, uh, Gen Z. My students uh, are all anxious and depressed. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, no, that is a huge thing, and it's a huge problem yeah. that I'm seeing too with um, yeah. the younger. And you, it just breaks your heart because, yeah, and maybe because their life doesn't have the meaning. You're like, there's, a, there's there's crisis of meaning. Yes, crisis of meaning where they're not challenging themselves. They're not being like dropped in a woodland and say mm. you need to get out. <laughs> yeah, maybe simple task. Maybe. Have you ever read, uh, there's a guy named Ray Dalio and he writes the this book called uh, Principles for Dealing with uh, Changing World Order or something. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a mm. doomer book, but. Doomer book, nice. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it, but I like the genre. No, but I, I haven't heard of that. You like the genre? He, it's really, he, so, they, so Ray Dalio is like this famous like investor, like Wall Street investor, right? And he ran this, right. he ran this, really. he ran this hedge fund, Bridgewater or whatever. And it was like super successful. And uh, no one really knows how he made all of his money Ooh, for time sure tra time travel well, no like there's some <laughs> i'm not saying that this is true or not but like there's some like question because i think he just had like large private investors so he didn't disclose a lot of this information mm -hmm. but there is some speculation that there could have been some other like you know uh i don't know you know mischief or bad oh, okay. whatever okay you know but for the most part this guy looks on paper like he's just the most one of the best investors of all time and okay. he but he's really philosophical too and uh, he's always just trying to learn new stuff. And he writes this. He goes and studies all of these civilizations. And he studies, like, their money and their technology and all of their, like, you know, yeah, like, how, how well they teach their populations is one of them. And he, he narrows it down to, like, I think it's, like, seven characteristics sure. of, like, each society. And then he can plot over time like how those seven metrics increase and then sort of decrease and how the, okay. the, the powers, the world powers change over time. Sure. Rise and fall of these. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or cultures. Right. Yeah. And like, he, he kind of starts talking about like the, like the Dutch, cause like the Dutch, like invented yeah. the banks and then they, they were the best shipbuilders and allowed them to like, yes. build the biggest economies. Right. And then um, they end up, you know, it always ends up like from an economics point of view, they always, break off like a gold standard they print a ton of money and then it like destroys their whole society <laughs> and then and then there's always some other like you know uh they there's always some some other like rising power that comes and just usurps them oh you know my god this is terrible this is like scary i terrifying. told you it's a doomer book yeah it's a, doomer doomer book. Book. it's a little bit of a doomer book but well, yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a heavy doomer mood in the country uh, these days <laughs> yeah on the left and the right, yeah. yeah. No, it yeah. is because I think people are seeing a change, and and especially with yeah. the youth, and that is, I think, the sad because, like, like what you said, that a lot of them they're anxious, and that yeah. anxiety is that flight or fight, where like a previous, you know, like our monkey brain or whatever, what do they call it? The, <laughs> the limbic, you're like your the limbic system. Yeah, well, you know, your in, your instincts, um, you know, for survival, you need all that, and we don't have so much of 
the need to, you know, like our survival is pretty much given these days, you know, which is great. But, True, right. Your basic needs are already met. Yeah. Right. Basic needs are already met. And so like they sit in a class and they're like, they'll be so anxious that they are not going to get a good grade or anxious that somebody's not responding on their, their right. Facebook right. or whatever it is. It's just, it is yep. a total, well, that... it's, it's, a, it's a problem that needs to be solved because that is, yeah. Exactly. Well, it has to go someplace, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people have like uh, correlated the way they feel about things to how they were like as children, they were like the first generation to be like raised on screens. Oh yeah. Just given an iPad if they start crying oh, and distracted. And like the amount of freaking babies on iPads at Applebee's. Oh, I'm ridiculous. Ridiculous. What? Chili, you walk into like a Chili's or an no, Applebee's I'm just joking. and it's like, that's where you see that right now. Right <laughs> yeah, right it's like, it's like a, it's like one of those iPads with like thick rubber bumpers. So the kids <laughs> right, don't break right. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The kid, the parents just want like, they just want to go out they just and their kid just, yeah, they want their kid to shut up. for like They want to go and get a two for 20 <laughs> Yeah, the kid were... won't stop crying <laughs> and they can't figure What's it out. What's the two for 20? She wants to get chicken that's that has like maybe 200 more calories than it should have right and uh he wants to get the ribs right two for 20 for 20 that also have a little bit too much calories in it no, for its they, own good oh, i've seen it. the applebee's meals are like giant right no they're like they're like a, a normal chicken breast is like what i love about applebee's and i hate about it at the same time is you'll like you'll look at the calorie content for like a chicken breast and it'll be like 800 calories. And you're like, how do they get 800 calories into like a six ounce chicken breast? And you're like, what is that? But yeah, you're right. There are a lot of little babies at Applebee's on iPads. Yeah. That I'm yeah. like, how does your kid have a chance? Yeah, I think so they, were, they, were the first, they were also the first generation to get such quick access and way too early access to social media. Oh, it's destroying. That's what everybody says, that, 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 that social media is a problem, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that it definitely is. I think they'll start pulling back. Too much like, comparison. Yeah, I think yeah. I think kids now, like people having kids now, you know, they're, they're like, I'm not going to put my kids on that. Like it was all the fad. Yeah. You just have to old school it, right? Like be present. Got <laughs> it. Get um, a ball. Right. <laughs> right, you have to suffer the boredom of being a parent for five <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know? It was miserable until we all went to school. It was, it was the happiest day of her life for her last <laughs> kid. <laughs> How many kids in your family? Three. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have three. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was like about 10 years of misery. Exactly. It's just, it's just a lot of work. I mean, it is probably, a lot of work. probably exhausting, yeah. Yeah, exhausting. A lot of work. Don't, mom, get, yeah. don't get much sleep, but it's, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Especially now you've got these grown they're fun. boys. Yeah. They're fun and funny and, they're, and they're good they're um they're they're yeah they're a lot of fun mm-hmm. and uh sometimes they're like like i'll be like tone it down you know but in general they <laughs> in general they in general they know the lines that they shouldn't cross they're the good boys and sometimes, generally <laughs> no, they're great more often than not yeah. yeah they're great they're great i did yeah. experience the what it's like to be a mother this week what? last week How was that? they have that, that one like one-year-old kid that oh we were... you were down if he was yeah down and on like you get in a car and the kid just cries for 20 minutes and you're sitting right next to him and you're like god you could let him cry or you could give him an ipad yeah, with thick bumpers i was really close <laughs> to getting out that ipad and i was it was demons i had demons in me you had i wanted i wanted to just put on the wiggles for him <laughs> and i couldn't let him wiggle i couldn't watch him watch the wiggles. exactly and uh Eventually, we just made toys and just made him shake it, and he would stop crying. Made toys. Right. <laughs> Seriously, made the toy. We got a golf ball and put it in an old like Oreo cup <laughs> and just shook it. And that worked? And that worked. But when he screams at the top of his lungs, you're just like, 
God. Yeah, like I was so happy I had my noise canceling headphones. And did, not, did those actually work? It did, yeah. I was like, <laughs> Fleetwood Mac, let's go. <laughs> oh my God. Hot, hot tip for Matt. Just get yeah. a pair of noise canceling headphones. Pro Honestly, tip. like, yeah. The noise is like the the battle of it all, right? So right. Yes. you know what's right. happening. So just put on the noise canceling headphones and, and you can see when his mouth shuts. That's right. Oh <laughs> you, can, you, can, you could start a parenting advice blog or Oh my yeah, god, man. Yeah, maybe we yeah. should rebrand again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> parental parental advice, advice podcast. Yeah, why aren't you guys like <laughs> He's <laughs> more baggies or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know his cancel headphones is a trick. Yeah, I have a, I have one more question, yeah. and then I think yeah. we are like yeah, then we'll talk. Yeah, well. So yeah, okay, okay. So so you're clearly a, a very intelligent man who's well studied and knows a lot of stuff, and you've written. I don't. Is this wait just just this book? Right? This is your, your first I'm, one. This is your first book. Your yeah. first book. Right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. That's awesome. So uh, given all that you've done and all that you've known. Uh, and you you have a magic wand. How do you fix all the problems? Oh my God, that's a long question. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? You're challenging him. You don't have to answer these. Everybody should convert to Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, kind of a joke there. No, I mean, <laughs> look at me. I'm buying it though. But I'm like, yeah, he washed that, feet. If we yeah, all I was, just treat each other, you guys. Yeah, right? you, just just can't read the no, room. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch? Did you see that? I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to bash Christianity. I have a lot of respect. For, yeah. I, have, I have a lot of respect for all the major, yes. know, four major religions. Yes. They're all, yeah. They all have they all have their great strengths. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, there, I don't think there are any answers, right? I mean, uh, human history has always been pretty brutal. Um, Should we just become a eunuch? Get okay. the money out of politics, if, but that's not the yeah, 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 no, that's fair. We're, human beings, we're deeply flawed as yeah. creatures. Yeah, and I think it's we're the nature. Primates, you know, primates with really these really big brains, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a fairly destructive species. So I'm not really sure there's any solution to that, other than something like antinatalism, where people just decide stop, decide to stop breeding, and then in 150 years we'll be gone as a human race, and, the, <laughs> and so that would solve all the problems, and, wouldn't it? And the aliens will take over. No, the aliens take over, yeah. but that's a little nihilistic, right? And, yeah. Uh, well, I think I think it's like it's those cycles. I think the humans like that's the like beauty and the curse of being human. It's like you've got some people who are like amazing, and most most Americans I meet, most people I meet, I shouldn't say American, Americans. Americans. They they mean well. They're good, you know. They, they want the same things you want you know your you know health happiness prosperity you want a job that you're proud of you want to make a little yeah. difference you want to raise your kids in a good way you want to protect them from these things and we all kind of want that but it does seem like you know the more power people get you know like they have that saying and i'm gonna, I'm gonna do a quote i don't know who this is but absolute power corrupts absolutely who said that was, yeah. was that aristotle hitler okay. Did no. he say that? Yeah, oh, hey. It was, <laughs> it was actually Harry Heat, though. Was it? Yeah. yeah. No. Mussolini. Sun Tzu, or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah but you know, if. You Harvard, could... things are probably not as bad as you think they are. No. Is that no. Things have always been difficult, right? And so, one of my favorite lines is from a novel by Charles Dickens, where he says, It's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Oh, and that, and that, that kind of applies to all eras. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of the, that's bad about right now, but there's a lot that's great as there's well. There's a lot that's great. Mm. I mean, I was harking yeah. back to like hot water and p indoor plumbing. Exactly. Aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least we're not in a civil war. 
And I think yeah, that's right. Like- and, you know, and people forget that the 60s and the 70s in this country were really difficult yeah as well that we america has seen worse times than this yeah, yeah in some way. but we can't we can't remember it and it's i can't remember it yeah and it's just everything bouncing back at you every time you turn on a yeah computer i mean you, you, people don't like the political leadership but people uh, you know people despised lyndon johnson they hated nixon oh, i they mean there everybody. was a, yeah there's a, there's a yeah way. right I mean, yeah you put yourself uh, in my, my father's there people hated fdr franklin delano roosevelt uh, they, yeah. they despised this guy i mean that's just kind of the nature of things, and so it's, 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 I think it's, it's easy really to talk ourselves into this kind of doomer state. Yeah, that's really yeah, interesting. That's a good point. That yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody is beloved absolutely, yeah. right? You know, no, so. no. Yeah, I mean, we do have our challenges right now. That's not to say that mm-hmm. that's not. And I For think sure. I think the health of well, the that nation made me feel is a like a lot better. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> but you know what, Dan? He's <laughs> you know always bad, kid. Suck <laughs> <laughs> it up. You know what, Dan? If it, if it was me with the magic wand, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah, I would. I would have Jeff Bezos tone down his wife's tits oh just a little God. bit. <laughs> and then everything would be soft. I think young men would not be so sexually confused, you know? <laughs> something, but something needs to happen. Something needs to change in this country. Yeah, well, there, there also is like... <laughs> That's where you're going to start. Well, yeah. well and, and back, to the, back, to the, back to the eunuch thing, like there is, like they're saying... Okay. It is the blue horizon. Oh, my God, they're just... But the epidemic right. of loneliness too, you know. So like the, you know, your your eunuch in a big, you know, harem yeah. of people is is also the loneliest right. one. And so I think people feel like that today too. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, lot of as, loneliness. We're not as connected as we used to be in the past. Mm-hmm. That's a real problem, right? So, the lack of community and family. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that magic wand take away all all handheld devices. Mm-hmm. I'd be for that. Sure. Ban cell phones from schools. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Get yeah. outside and know mm-hmm. your neighbors. And stop yeah. playing video games. Like, all video games, man. We're sorry about this, but they'll go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're going to have to play kickball. All right, later. well, fine. I'll take it my anger on you, all right? Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Jesus. Nice. That's a good reply. Right. Yeah. That's very healthy. Um, okay, I'll, I guess yeah. last. Okay, final question. All then. right, well, let's ask. Uh, so, okay, should, I was going to ask if he has any words of advice yeah. for anyone listening. <laughs> Um, wow. Uh, my word of advice is to, is to get get really good at one thing. Oh, that's a good That's one. a great advice. Because yeah. like you said, writing the novel took a while, took a long, like, yeah. you know, I think we talked about this before we even maybe recorded. How long did it take you to write this novel? <laughs> 10 years. I'm a slow learner. No, no, no. I think that's my first novel, which didn't get published. It's like a thousand pages. It's way too long. But it took me doing the research and the writing and slowly yeah. about the same. But that what that does is that teaches you that yeah. you can do it. You've spent all right. that time with it, and you can you can you know keep pumping them out. But um, so where That's can right. where can people find you? Find your books. Um, you can find my book on Amazon uh, com. Also, my publisher is called the Gabrohead Press. You can go to their site and get the book. Okay. I also have a, a my own website, charleshfisher.com. dot com. Excellent. Awesome. I Excellent. think we can put links probably. We'll definitely put stuff. links. Yeah. And this was. Yeah. You, know, you follow me on Twitter at uh, uh, cfisher two. Okay, so you're on Twitter, are you on Facebook or Instagram Twitter. or any of those? I'm on I'm on both face I'm on I'm on Facebook and Twitter are the only two. Okay, perfect. And it's uh yeah. it's a hassle to keep up with that stuff. Uh, no, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. the pain. It's the pain. Listen, Charles, it was so wonderful talking to Enjoyed you. Enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It was, it was a wonderful really conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Wishing Absolutely. you the best, best of luck and great luck with that book. Um everybody go out and read the eunuch. You will I mean, your your world will be changed, right? Yeah, you'll actually <laughs> learn something. So Yeah. Um, you know, instead of like going on YouTube and just 
Mm-hmm. Of watching going, how to how with slime videos instead of looking you know? at Jeff Bezos' wife. Yeah, instead of looking at Jeff. Go read a book. It makes me feel that you've just learned something. Read a book, people. Read a book. Thank you for Excellent. listening to the Nerdy Literate Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Have a Cheryl. great day. It was great meeting right. with you. Again. Thanks.